uctoday.com. Thanks for downloading UC Today Out Loud with me, Patrick Watson. In the last episode of the series, I spoke to David Danto, who very kindly filled me in on Huddle Root. But while I had David on the phone, I thought I would ask him about his adventures at CES 2018, which finished last week. David, I know you were at CES 2018. What were your thoughts on the whole event, the really interesting things that you saw tech-wise that you were really excited about? And of course, how was it when the power went out? <laughs> well, that's actually, I'll start with that as a funny story. Um, I was meeting with the team at, uh, at LG uh, Electronics in the Central Hall, which is where the power hit happened, um, when all the lights went out. And I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty active guy on social media, so I picked up my smartphone and I, I, I took a little bit of video, maybe 10, 15 seconds at most, of us walking out of the Central Hall um, into the corridor. Amazingly, there were no emergency lights in the Central Hall. If not for people having their mobile phones and all the electronics that still had some batteries in them showing us the way, it would have been completely dark, which is obviously a mea culpa. We're gonna have to, they're going to have to figure out how to fix that. But I posted that video, which is actually silhouettes of people walking out toward the lighted hallway on Twitter, and I got contacted by a gentleman from the BBC that asked permission to use the video. Oh, yes, I think I saw it. On, I think I saw it on your feed first and then on, and then on the BBC. Yeah. So then I started getting emails from, uh, from uh, associates and colleagues in Australia and in the UK saying, hey, Dave, we saw your name on this. So it was actually very interesting. The, the power hit didn't really take away from much of the show. As I said, there's going to be plenty of hindsight in terms of looking at it and dealing with it. Because it's, it's, CES in general is an essential, fabulous, exhausting, awful week. <laughs> All I in one go. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at colleagues of mine. That, that, that go, and then we're all standing in line at 7.30 in the morning to be at a press conference, and, and I'm, I'm, do we really want to do this again this year? And then the answer is, yeah, of course we do. But, but it, and again, there's no fun, even though it's in Las Vegas, it's exhausting. Um, having said that, my big takeaways from the show this year are, are, are a few. The first one, as it relates to the, the, the show itself, it's changing from a product show where people would bring their new thing and, and reporters and photographers would rush up and take pictures of it and, and people would see it using, changing from products to concepts. And, and some of those are valid, you know, like the idea of AI and the assistant. You know, we, we saw, you know, Google take over the, the city with its Google assistant. You know, you, you, the, the, the joke that one of the people on my webcast said is, you know, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting something Google in the city. And it's right. <laughs> yeah. Completely completely filling in the gap for all the other large companies that decided not to you know, exhibit there. So, so they were all over, but between them and Amazon and Alexa, which you know, a lot of organizations were showing that their products have that technology and compatibility embedded in them, um, Samsung's Bixby, um, Siri, from the, you know, that, while it's interesting to show a concept, you don't have to bring a concept. The concept doesn't have to work. We've got these big booths that, that don't have anything in them other than concepts and pictures. So th- that was a little sad. We've got to figure out how to reorganize the show so we're not taking up as much time and space around concepts when people are coming to see products because I could just as easily learn about concepts in a webcast. So that was one piece that, that certainly needs to be addressed going forward. As it relates to what we heard about at the show, what we saw at the show, AI is everywhere. You know, this idea that we are now going to start having relationships with these assistants. They're, they're embedded. I can't even say the names right now because if I did in the room I'm sitting in, I'll go off. <laughs> so, so, but, but it's reality. That's how we're going to start interacting with our technology, with relationships with some of these things as they get smarter and better. So, so if you're not expecting that, whatever you're dealing with from a technology standpoint, expect that you're going to be talking to it more going forward. One of the, one of the most interesting technologies that I saw that I thought was earth-shattering 
we had seen promises of this over the last few years, but this is the first time I actually had it and it worked, was universal translator devices. Ah, right. Okay. About half the size of a mobile phone in your hand with the ability, if it's connected, you know, to the internet to do 80 languages in either direction in real time. And when it's not connected to the internet, they say it can do three languages and not all that well, but they're, they're growing the ability. But, but think about that technology for a second, that, that you know, you can, well, the first time I ever traveled from the U.S. to the U.K., you know, tens of years ago, I, um, I, I landed and I felt like I was a fish out of water. I didn't know where I was, what to do, everything was different. You know, then later on I had a Blackberry in my hand and I, I was able to get my email as soon as I landed and I could reach my family and you don't feel quite so stranded. And then, you know, we have smartphones with maps and the world gets a lot smaller and we're able to work as a community. If I now have a device in my hand where I can land in any country and just talk into it or have the person I'm dealing with talk into it and have the language come out, all of a sudden I, I feel a lot more comfortable traveling everywhere. And then if you take that technology, which again has been boasted about in the collaboration industry but hasn't come to fruition till now, and embed it in some of the video conferencing systems that we have, you know, we've already developed the ability to have real-time conferencing around the world, you know, and wherever we wanted to, people on our team. Can you imagine me speaking in English right now, but having the, 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 the video, even though you see me talking, the audio coming out on the other side in Chinese? Yeah, no, that's that fascinating. It's a really fascinating so, concept. You know, the world is going to get smaller, more B2B relationships are going to come up, and the technology is real. In fact, while I'm sitting here, I'm listening. I'm in my home office right now in my basement. I'm listening to the doorbell because my product is supposed to arrive today. It's from a company called Travis the Translator. And I saw three or four of companies that are doing this right now with different modalities. But we're at a point now where this is going to be real in the next 12 to 18 months. And I think it's going to you know, fundamentally change the way the industry looks. And the world, and that is particularly relevant for me from a personal point of view, as both my parents are translators and interpreters. So I think they'll be quite pleased the technology has only reached such a viable stage now and will do over the next few years, uh, because luckily they're close to retirement. But, but as you say, that will radically shrink the world and, and makes it so much more accessible for all of us. And one of, the, one of the, um, the, the firms from China that were showing a version of the product is really interesting. I don't know how practical it is. It was a, it was a case with two um, uh, earbud-type headphones in them where one person wears one and the other person wears the other in their ear. And when they talk to each other, they hear in their ear the translation. Now, on, a one, on the one hand, I don't know how practical that is. Like, like can, can you actually give a headphone to a cab driver in a foreign city? And, and will they be willing to wear it? And would you want them to wear it? Yes, do you want to put anything in their ear? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But on the other hand, the Hitchhiker's Guide and Babelfish immediately came to mind that I actually have a device that I can stick in my ear that does everything as promised. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so no. again, it's the kind of thing that I might buy just because it's cool, even though I don't see a lot of practical and use for it. So that was David Danto on his takeout from CES 2018. Big thanks to David, who's contributed to two pods now. But I also want to hear from you. If you have any interesting topics for a pod or any questions for any of our guests, please get in touch on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the podcast comment section of the uctoday.com website. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. But thanks again for listening.